I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to episode 3 of AI Movie Night. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight we're going to be discussing the absolute classic that is Predator. I'm lucky to be joined by two great guests to discuss this. The first is Ben Thornley, Head of Sports at the Welsh Daily Post. How are you, Ben? I don't find thank you, yourself. I'm good, thanks. Just looking forward to chatting about this. I know how much you love it, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts, mate. Certainly. And I'm also lucky enough to be joined by Joseph Cousins, who podcasts for the Anfield Index and also writes for This Is Anfield. How are you, Joseph? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Just looking forward to hearing both your thoughts. I know you're both Predator fanatics, so can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Great stuff. I'm just going to start, as we always do, with a bit of an icebreaker question. I'm going to go first to Ben and ask for, and basically it's because uh, Carl Weathers is in this film. So what's your favourite Apollo Creed line? It's... Probably from Rocky, Rocky Four. I do like the, the press conference <laughs> when he, um, he's winding up the, the Russian, when he's uh, winding up Ivan Drago and he says, you know, he's retired more men than social security. But, I think, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's, it's like a bit of an alley line, but I think the actual favorite line that makes me howl the most is the end of Rocky Three and the start of Rocky Four when he, he goes ding, ding, you know, for the, uh, <laughs> oh, the start of the fight. That's the one that absolutely makes me howl. Yeah, it, it, he's brilliant, isn't he, in that role? He's yeah. like, as you say, even just with something as simple as saying ding, ding, he conveys <laughs> that sort of arrogance and cockiness that, that's such a part of the character. A brilliant couple of lines there. Thanks for that, Ben. 
What about you, Joseph? I had to cheat here. I had to I, <laughs> I had to Google some quotes because I have completely forgotten like Very most of the sort of one liners from the film. So the one that I took was my favorite, uh, was from Rocky Three. And uh, it's when he says is when he says to Rocky, Now when you beat me, you beat me by one. One second. Now do you know that something like that do you know what something like that does to a man of my intelligence? <laughs> and Rocky <laughs> replies saying, I thought you said you got over it and he says, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, so it just it, it it just confirms his arrogance, doesn't it? Just supreme oh, arrogance yeah. and confidence. Totally. <laughs> read somewhere that his um, that that was a, his actual role based on Muhammad Ali. So um, so so yeah, it um, it definitely falls in line with some of the Muhammad Ali quotes from back in the day. It makes sense, doesn't it? And obviously, he, yeah. he's both mentioned Ali, so it it shows how much he captured that. And I, I don't know whether you'd agree, but you know, I don't think many people can pull off anything like that on film and it be believable and enjoyable and not laughable and he's never laughable unless he wants to be it's just perfect in that role isn't he yeah um i suppose my favorite is uh them lines you said were up there i nearly chose them myself to be honest what you both said but i think probably my favorite is the end of rocky one if we recall correctly we're we're essentially they've, they've both battered each other to a standstill and he, he's saying there ain't going to be no rematch when, you know, the most obvious thing ever, if it's been that good a fight, of course there's going to be a rematch. And obviously I love Rocky's comeback that he doesn't want one, which is great as well. So now just so many great lines, isn't there, throughout the series and Apollo's responsible for a fair few of them. I'm now going to move on to the film, film we're talking about tonight, which of course is Predator. I'm going to start with you first, Joseph. Can you remember when and where you first saw it and what you thought of it at the time? Yes, it's it's a funny story, really, because when the film came out in 87, didn't it? I thought I'd have been mm-hmm. 10 at the time. And um, around about then, I was petrified of horror films. Anything that had an alien or a monster in it, I was just petrified mm-hmm. of. And I think it came about from watching the Michael Jackson thriller video and the, the Hulk television series. Do you remember that? I, I don't, um, you know. When, you don't remember the Hulk television series? No, no. It's when, um, it's when Banner changes. It's when his eyes go green. Oh, um, that, you know that, what? That freaked me out. You know what? I do remember that. I was scared of it. You know what I was thinking of because of listening to the, the, the wrestling podcast recently? I was thinking of Hulk Hogan and I was thinking, I can't remember. Yet I was scared of that myself. I think I used to hide yeah. behind the couch. No, me too. Me too, actually. Oh, I used to hide, I used to run out of the room. So it sort of left a, a bit of a scar on me in terms of I I avoided all sorts of horror films. And um, so my dad rented the Predator video from a local video shop and the family were watching it. So my older sister and my parents and I refused to watch it. I was like hiding <laughs> <laughs> in the passageway and I wouldn't watch it. My dad was trying to coerce me into watching it saying it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And he actually paused it, right, on one of the scenes where, I think it was the the scene where the Predator attacked, um, I think it was the first attack when he attacked Hawkins, mm-hmm. either Hawkins or Blaine anyway, mm-hmm. and he's in camouflage. And so my dad paused it on, on the old VHS and showed me, look, that's that's the alien, so you don't, you don't really have anything to be worried about. And I was, I couldn't see anything. I was like, what? Do you know what <laughs> old VHS is? You see like lines across the screen oh, and yeah. jungle in the background. And I couldn't see anything. But even then I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't having it. I wasn't watching it. So I didn't actually watch it then. It's only a couple of years later when it came on, on, on television. I can't remember what channel it came on or how many years after the release date it actually was on TV. But it took until then for me to sort of pluck up the courage to watch it. 
So probably would have been about maybe, I don't know, 12 or 13 before I actually watched it <laughs> on TV. And so, yeah, that, that would have been the first time I watched it. And, and I loved it instantly. I was just sort of cursing myself for not watching it like a couple of years earlier. <laughs> yeah, you, mi- you missed out on a couple of more years of Predator love if you'd have had the, yeah. a bit more bottle when you were younger. <laughs> I exactly. love stories like that. Lo- love things like that and hear now people came to films. What about yourself, Ben? It would have been the same. It would have been on when it was on television, probably on ITV, I think, in, in the nineties as a as a teenager. And I can still remember now where the advert breaks were because I had it taped. <laughs> I can you know, when I'm watching it on DVD, yeah. you know, I can remember exactly where every advert break comes in. Like where he he picks up the scorpion. Uh, you know, I think one of them crushes a scorpion. Yeah. Mac, Mac yeah. or Carl Weathers crushes a, a scorpion and picks it up. It used to go to an advert break at that exact point. <laughs> but I, I think the actual version. Or the time that it made the biggest impact on me was when I eventually saw it on Sky because I had that on, I did it on video for years and I'd just be, be rewatching it. It was like the, the TV version, wasn't it? Yeah. So when you actually see the full version, I think it was either on Sky or when I bought it on DVD going back about six, seven years ago, maybe. I think the full impact of the film hit me more then. I appreciated it more then in my late twenties, early thirties than I did as a teenager. I think the thing that struck me the most as well was, I think there were two or three key scenes or two or three scenes that were cut out of the television version when yeah. Carl Weathers loses his arm. Yeah, know, that he, exactly. He the arm yeah. And the arm keeps shooting. <laughs> and I think in yeah. the, the original version, you only, you cut straight to, um, Sonny Landon, Billy on the, on the bridge and you just hear Carl Weathers screams. But in this version, you see like the full gruesome death, don't you? And yeah. then I think the other bit they cut out was when he picks up. It could have been Carl Weathers again. He picks out his skeleton and his spine and holds it up in the air. And it was the first time I'd ever seen that as well. And I, I, I was just, uh, it was like watching it, you know, a new film almost all over, just, just for seeing those, you know, couple of scenes in it. Yeah. I think you, you're right there. It's like when you're a kid, you watch it in a certain way, particularly in your case where the stuff cut out and then when them extra, it makes it more scary for the start, the extra bits, but also it sort of deepens the film as well. It's always a pity when stuff like that are cut out, but, you know, I suppose they have to, don't they? But, yeah, I think I, I was pretty similar to you. I loved it, uh, well, to both of you, I loved it when I was young and I watched it, but when I was older, I, I got a lot more from it and I appreciated it in a lot more depth, I suppose. The way I really got into it initially, though, was, I don't know whether any either you had this sort of experience, but I had an older cousin. And when I'd go and stay in his, I'd be allowed to watch things I wouldn't normally be allowed to watch because he was a bit older and also he just had more access to, to things like that. And he introduced me to it and I was blown away by it. And I remember many years later, I said to him, like at a family party or something, I said, you know, I'll always remember you for introducing me to the likes of Predator and stuff like that. And I think he got offended as if I was saying, saying that's all he ever did. And that's, you know, that's such a trivial thing. But I know it's cheesy, like, but to me, something like that, introducing you to a film you love that much is like massive. You know what I mean? I'll always remember that. So forgive me for going a bit cheesy there, but you know, whenever someone recommends or shows me something that I love in the way I love this, it really sticks with me for years, to be honest. But anyway, uh, moving on from my uh, introduction to, to this great, uh, what about uh, Arnie uh, in general and his films and just his general persona, really? Um, I'll start with you, Ben, as I know you're a massive fan. Yeah, I'm obviously a massive fan. He's, um, yeah, he's certainly a hero. Maybe hero's too strong a word, you know, for just a fellow that's a TV actor like him. 
you know, your hero, heroes should be more people like Nelson Mandela. Should the people who actually, you know, you know, change, change when society, when change Nelson history. when Nelson Mandela's killed a predator. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he is, he's certainly like a figure that take a lot of inspiration from. He's, I think, he's a very inspiring character, isn't he? You know, I think anyone that's ever done any kind of training has probably done it. You know, of that age anyway, because they've watched mm-hmm. the Nani film and that's what they wanted to look like, and that's what first started, you know, getting them training. But it just as just as an all round character, he's he's got so much charisma, doesn't he? But yeah. he's, he's certainly not a you know a great actor. You know, he needs to say that himself. But he yeah. just has this charisma about him that makes him such a likable and positive fella that, you know, it's impossible not to take inspiration from him. You know, everything he's, he's done in his life, he's, you know, he's gone right to the top, isn't he? Pretty much. You know, yeah. he was like the, the biggest bodybuilder in the world. He was like the biggest actor in the world and um, a successful businessman, successful politician. And you know, everything he turns his mind to, you know, he achieves. Yeah. Yeah. C- couldn't agree more. He's like a larger than life character and he's got. As you say, he's 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 an inspiration in terms of definitely in terms of achieving goals and things like that. You know, he could hardly speak English at the start, and he he became this top actor. And I think one of the lines I always liked that he came out with was when um, his first acting coach or or maybe his agent said to me, "He'd have to change his second name because no one would be able to say it," and he said. In, in the future, everyone will know me by my first name, and he's right. You know, you say Arnie, and people instantly know who you're on about, don't they? I mean, from like the last century, he's probably one of the most iconic figures, isn't he? You know, yeah. alongside you, Muhammad Ali's and, you know, whoever else. Yeah, no, to- totally agree, totally agree. What about yourself, Joseph? Do you want to get involved in this Arnie loving or...? Yeah, yeah, I'm a massive <laughs> Arnie fan. Massive, massive Arnie fan. And it's echoing what Ben says, really. He's definitely one of the most iconic actors and for people around our age group. So if you watched him, we were watching films from like the early to late 80s, all of his sort of main, main films, they were all, so if, if they weren't classics in terms of quality, they were all sort of massive in terms of, you know, notoriety and, and, and box office and, you know, all of his films back then, you know, you can just reel them off Terminator, Commando, Predator itself, Red Heat. Uh, raw deal and all them sort of the running man they were all classics really and um yeah whenever they come on and i see and, and i see them come on tv I, I have to i have to watch them but yeah yeah big big arnie fan yeah couldn't agree more he, he, he's he's such a star isn't he he sucks you in when when you know people will probably be laughing at this to some people but you know I, I, we're not saying he's like a great actor as ben said but he's very very watchable and he's fun to watch on screen and i think like joseph said if, if his films are on if you're of a certain age and you're like a certain type of films it sucks you in and you end up watching them and having you know for the most part having a really good time it makes some bad films watchable i've just finished watching a couple of films at the minute a couple of recent ones one of which was sabotage and the film was absolutely abysmal, but he was still a <laughs> he was still the best thing in it. Amazing watchable. <laughs> uh, even even Arnie can't make me watch that, but uh, it's I'm horrific. Sure, it's awful. I'm sure one time I'll stumble across it and end up watching it, but uh, no, I know what you mean. He he puts a bit of you know charisma into into some shocking films as well as the the really good ones he's done as well. When you mentioned charisma, um, as, as yeah. Ben was saying, I think Predator is probably the first film where he's actually charismatic, or the first film I can remember where he's actually charismatic. Uh, Commando came before Predator, didn't it? Was it first yeah. Terminator was 84, yeah, wasn't it? When, when did Commando come out? 86. 86. So Predator would have been the third really big film. Yeah. And so two Conans, in, in, wasn't it? And then yeah. two Conans, yeah. Commando, Red Sonja, which he only had a bit part in, I think. And then yeah. Commando, yeah. Predator. And then Predator is English, is 
a lot better. Mm-hmm. And he's just a lot more. Okay, we're going to talk about it a lot more, but he's just his character is a lot more charismatic, I think. And yeah. it's from there, really, really. Just he definitely carries carries that sort of charisma run from there, I think. Yeah, great, great point. That I suppose that's a natural lead on to the next question. Then, and I'll, I'll go to you first, Joseph. Um, what What do you think of his character, Dutch, in the film? Oh, it's great. I mean, what I was thinking of is because I just watched the film earlier today. What sort of stood out was when the helicopter is sort of coming in. In, into the jungle, actually, no, not not the jungle. When when actually meeting Dylan um, for the meeting to get to get the, the mission. Um, so one by one they get out of the the chopper, and last one out is is Dutch, and he sat there with his dark glasses on, and a cap, wearing a cap, and he lights a cigar, and he puffs on this cigar for a good five seconds before he he moves. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just he's just showing like all the audience that you know this is the man. And yeah. um, he gets out. He gets out. He gets out of the chopper, and he's wearing his um his his polo shirt, and it's just he just ex- exudes coolness, you know. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. I, c- I couldn't agree more. And I don't know whether you both agree. Uh, the missus said this as well. Uh, my better half. Uh, I think that's the best Arnie's ever looked as well. Yeah. You know, he, he obviously had the you know the yeah, cool cut, uh, tan, bit of stubble. And uh, he'd lost he'd lost some muscle to be a bit more believable as as a soldier, pounds, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that suited him. Then he looked a lot more athletic, and you know, a, an absolute star. Obviously, what about yourself, then, Ben? Uh, what do you think of Dutch as a character in this film? Yeah, I'd echo what what Joseph was saying. Then I love that scene when he gets out the chop at the start because it's almost like a modern cowboy, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know something from a. Uh, like a John Wayne film, the way like the the cigar lights up his face. That's a great. That's a great shout. That's a yeah, great that's, shout. That's, that's what I felt when I was <laughs> right. watching it. Watching it again, anyway. It, it's a great character. And I love the way throughout the film he's just completely established as the boss of the group, isn't he? That they're yeah. all like a little bit in awe of him. Even mm-hmm. like the scene when uh, they raid the camp, like they're all looking at you know what the hell is this fella doing when he picks up the truck? You know he's improvising. Like he's not great told point. anything what he's going to do, but he just thought this is what I'm doing. And they're all watching, and the Jesse Ventura characters, you know, saying what the, what the hell is he doing? And Carl Weathers is wondering, you know, what you know, what the hell is this fella doing? But they all, you know, they've all got this sort of reverence for him, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, that that's a great point. That, and I think, uh, it, 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 I imagine from from being a big Arnie fan, uh, as you as you both are, it, it mirrors real life in a way because he tends to be the alpha male in any group he's in, and people tend to gravitate to him anyway. So it sort of fits his natural personality, doesn't it? Mm. And uh, going. Back to the character itself, though, I think I like the the way that obviously, obviously, he's a really strong guy and a very good soldier. But I like that he's intelligent, and he ends up beating the predator by his intelligence rather than just his strength. And I think that was that that adds to the film. It, it's one of the many things that raise it above just a straight action sci-fi. You know, there's a lot of rubbish action sci-fi films, but this is raised well above those films by loads of little things. And I think that's one of them, you know, Dutch's intelligence. And I like that um, as well as that. He's very open-minded. You know, he listens to Billy's instincts and he doesn't, you know, dismiss them. And he listens to Anna when she says it was like a chameleon. And he's like, you know, so many things showing his intelligence. You know, he works out that the Predator's using the trees that he won't kill you if, if if you're unarmed or he's unlikely to kill you. And obviously the traps and strategies later are just fantastic. And I suppose in, in contrast to him is Dylan as a character. What what do you think of Dylan as a character, Ben? I think the first time you see him, he, he's looking all sly and CIA-like, isn't he? Yeah, you know, the yeah. way you normally see CIA figures, 
And they're, the tie. Tucked away, they're tucked away in a bar, aren't they? Sipping a, yeah. sipping a whiskey. Yeah, and Arnie makes the, the crack about and wearing the tie, you know, what's all this about? And, you know, <laughs> he, he, just, he just looks like, you know, CIA figures, particularly like in 80s films. You know, even now, you know, you, you know not to trust them, don't you? Yeah. And, you know, you know instinctively when you see him and him and like the, is it the colonel, or the general, whoever he is in the double yeah. and they, they draw the blinds and he's looking shifting, you know, later because <laughs> he's basically got a lie to Arnie, hasn't he? To, yeah. To his old mates, his old, you know, comrades to get him to yeah. go on this mission. Spot on. Spot on. What about you, Joseph? Yeah, he's, he's looking shifty, isn't he? He's sat in the corner <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, he exactly. just shouts out. Well, I can't remember what he shouts out, but, um, uh, Dutch said something to the general and he, and he shouts, he shouts something. And then he, he gets Dutch's attention and then they approach each other. And I remember the first time you're watching it, wondering mm, what's going to happen between these two now. And then they do the, um, you know, the handshake that turns into an, 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 an air. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it is. It is. He, asked, uh, he asks, sorry, supporting. I think he asked, doesn't he? He says, why did you choose us? And Carl Weathers shouts over because someone accused you of being, or someone stuck you for being the best or something. That's, That's it. it. It's something like that. That's isn't it. Some damn someone fool accused, accused you of being the best. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, accused you, yeah. someone accused you of being the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you'd agree. Like, uh, you know, sometimes like you hear these discussions of greatest shots in films, and say one of them in a film I love is uh, Omar Sharif on the in the desert in Lawrence of Arabia. That doesn't compare to the shot of them two locking biceps. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the all-time great shot from film yeah. history for me. I love no, the way comparing those two films. Yeah, well, this is better, isn't it? But Lawrence of Arabia is a close second. But no, it, 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 it's, there's something really fun about it. And it, I think it tells you this is a film as good as it is. It's not going to take itself too serious. And I love this tale. No. I remember, you I remember here. You, you wouldn't get it now because in, no. in the eighties, everything was all about muscle. You had Sly, uh, Sly Stallone and Van Damme and Arnie and, yeah. and, and all these other actors. It was all about muscle, but now, you wouldn't get an an, an all out sort of bicep <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Can, <laughs> can you imagine? Down for about thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Can you imagine presenting that script to one of the top actors these days? You, they'd laugh at it when they see that scene, wouldn't they? Yeah, but, Johnny, but in way, yeah. Oh, no, it'd be in the bin, wouldn't it? But I think. <laughs> I remember reading, and this always made me laugh. I remember reading somewhere on the internet about these these this lad who said whenever he and a mate meet up, they do that same thing. You know, you son of a bitch. And I just thought that's the funniest thing ever, particularly if someone sees it who hasn't seen the film. They just look so weird, wouldn't they? You know, but... Have you seen the film Bigger, Faster, Stronger? I haven't. No. Have you, Joseph? No, I can't remember seeing that. Can't remember. It's documentary about, uh, about steroid abuse. And um, the fella in it is making the film pretty much because Arnie was his hero and he was shocked later on to find out that Arnie used steroids and he thought, you know, he, he felt betrayed. So he spent the entire film trying to track Arnie down and confront him about his steroid use. Oh, and when he eventually does, after Arnie ignoring him, you know, for, you know, for so many months, he mm-hmm. gets him at this event, has a camera on him, is ready to, you know, confront him. Arnie comes out the event, grabs this fella in the, the Predator you know, hands, you know, arm wrestle thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, it starts like shouting to the cameras about look at the guns on this fella. Oh, while, while he's doing this predator shot. And the next morning, instead of, you know, Arnie being confronted about his, his like steroid use, it was all about 
this handshake, you know, this, this credit <laughs> handshake. It was on the front pages of all like the you know the local <laughs> newspapers, like the regional newspapers in America, wherever it was. So we'd send it from you know rather than being you know the focus on on uh, on the, the subject they were trying to get him on. It turned into like this big publicity shot for him. Brilliant. So typical of Arnie, a, a, a masterstroke PR wise. You know, he's just he's just a natural at all that stuff, isn't he? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Gonna now look at a bit more. Gonna look into the predator itself. Uh, what what did you make of it as an adversary for the team, Joseph? Well, brilliant, really. Initially, though, when you watch it, so when you watch it back, when he's in um sort of camouflage mode and mm-hmm. not sort of doing anything. Um, it doesn't look it doesn't look great. I know we're going to go on to talk about the special effects and that maybe a bit later. No, no, but, um, talk about it now. Those, it's natural. Those those distance shots, right, that you see of the predator mm-hmm. when he's just in camouflage mode, they don't they don't. There's the only thing about the film nowadays that sort of don't sort of look great now, but the sort of the characteristics such as um, sort of how he sees like through infrared. I think that was fantastic. Whoever's idea it was to introduce that, that was brilliant. The size of 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 the guy, the, the sort of the nimbleness, you know, everything about him when he's not in camouflage is is great. The weapons and everything is is wicked. The whole premise about you know of actually you know why they do this, why they come to the planet, why they hunt, why they do the things that they do. I think that whole sort of idea was brilliant, really. And and the the, the way um, sort of he goes about sort of hunting the team one by one i think it's fantastic as well so everything about the character i thought is brilliant because the only thing that doesn't really sort of carry across too well um over the decades is is the special effects of the camouflage from say from distance shots and i only say that because i watched it really recently and you know you compare it to sort of films that you see nowadays in terms of special effects and 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 that's the only thing that doesn't stack up well but that's that is nitpicking really in in general i would say that yeah brilliant adversary yeah, uh, I I agree with everything you've said there. You know, uh, I'd echo your thoughts on the special effects. Although, because I love it, I sort of justify it and say, well, that's just the predators. You know, his camouflage isn't isn't good enough. That you know what I mean. But deep down, yeah, I totally agree with you on, on all those points. Really, what about yourself, Ben? Yeah, I, again, I'd, I'd echo what you you both said. I even love the special effects. I even love like the way it looks in camouflage. I, I think. That it's more, uh, it's more charming to me. I hate CGI. Mm-hmm. I hate modern CGI. I don't like yeah. the way everything looks. It looks too clean, too polished. I love Good how point. you know grainy and you know, everything looks quite natural, doesn't it? It's yeah. almost like you know the Star Wars effects. I prefer the, the old Star Wars effects to the modern ones that look yeah, more bright and glamorous. The same with same with the Predator. Um, you know, as, as an adversary, it's perfect. I can't think of a, of a better alien in a in a film. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it you know, is. He's it. like he's seven, set over seven foot tall, isn't he? He's nimble, yeah. quick. You know, go through. Go through trees, you know. He has he has infrared, you know, heat vision and, and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. seen the original? It's almost, it's, it's almost unfair, isn't it? Because he's so much more physically powerful than than humans, and he's got advanced weaponry on top of it. <laughs> yeah, no, good, good, great shots. Yeah. yeah, and and the camouflage, so they can't see him either. It's just when you're watching the film, it's like they stand absolutely no chance. How on earth are they going to get out of this? <laughs> I remember that's what my overriding feeling watching the film is. How is any of these going to survive? No, you know? good. Uh, you, you're uh, right. I was just going to mention, have you seen I've the seen film the Predators? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the sequel, yeah. The one with Adrian Brody in it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? Yeah. yeah. The film the film is nowhere near as good as the original, but I thought they did a really good job on the, um, on the special effects in that. So the camouflage in that, and sort of the way they did the predators in that, I thought was was brilliant. If you if you took those effects and put them in the original, then you're looking at 
I think an absolutely flawless movie, <laughs> absolutely perfect movie. But yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd get that in. Have you yeah, seen no. what the original Predator looks like before that? The, uh, yeah. the looks like something from Doctor Who, doesn't it? It was Van Damme, wasn't it, in the, in the suit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently... He, looked, he looked tiny, didn't he, next to the likes of Arnie and Carl Weathers? Yeah. The, he... He... Apparently, it looked like it. I've I've seen pictures, but there's other one. I think there was a couple of versions, and apparently, one looked like a a duck head. You know, on Van Damme, and apparently he was fuming when he realised that his face wouldn't be in the film or something. <laughs> it it looked which... like something from a, it was like a Doctor Who reject. That's all. Bad oh, painful, painful. Well, funnily enough, they ended up getting Stan Winston to do it, who did obviously Terminator and Alien, and it was James Cameron who suggested the mandibles for the mouth because he said he'd never seen that before in a film, and I think that really works as well. The mandibles effect. And um, but I I think I probably echo both your thoughts really. I can see where them effects could have been improved, but they do definitely have have a certain charm too. On the predator predator itself, I like that as well. Of the things we've listed, it's it's all has got that code of conduct as Joseph mentioned, and it's also it's intelligent. You know, like it works out later on towards the end that it there's a trap and things like that, and you know. Later on, it, it recognizes how good a warrior Dutch is and, you know, removes its weapons to fight him hand to hand. I love all that type of thing or where it mimics them talking or, or laughing and things like that. I think it adds so much to the film that the alien in it is, is so interesting, you know, for this type of film. I think it's brilliant, really. I, I totally agree with just both. I'm just going to look at now a little bit more about the setting of the film. Obviously, it's it's a jungle setting. What 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 were your thoughts on that, Joseph? I love it. I, I was interested to know where they sort of filmed. You know, the, sort of the close-up scenes when they're in the actual jungle. I was interested to know sort of where they filmed that. Uh, I think the, it was Mexico, you know. Yeah, it was Mexico. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. And I love any film that's got that's got high suspense. When it's in the woods as well, or, or in the jungle, as, as as Predator is, it sort of it heightens it more. So it makes it more epic, and you're a bit more yeah. sort of on the edge of your seat. Because if something could come out of it absolutely anywhere. Um, I remember sort of watching it the first time I watched it, and you really think that this thing could this attack at any moment and from any direction, and that's the sense you get from them being in the jungle. So I, I thought the setting was was great. I read somewhere that when when the film was was first released, it got criticised because it was only sort of in one setting and the plot was a bit one dimensional. But I don't agree that at all. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. What about yourself, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I love the jungle setting. I think it's very atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah, that uh, I believe like filming it was absolutely murder because of where they filmed it because it was in the jungle and you had humidity, but at the same time it was supposed to be freezing. So they needed heat lamps on them all the time and they had to swim in cold water. And I think a few members of the cast, including Nani, ended up with dehydration. But, you know, because of, I think a lot of it was down to I think they had stomach upsets and stuff because of the water they were drinking in Mexico. It sounded an absolute murder to make, even though when you're watching it, it looks like it would have been the most fun film ever to make, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you, you do, you do think of it as being a load of fun, but as you say, it, it was this nightmare shoot. And I mean, the director who've got, I haven't mentioned this yet. I, I don't think we've mentioned him at all. Yeah. Uh, John McTiernan, who I think is, you know, amazing, really. It, it was his second film. And, you know, what a big film and what a quality film to make for your second film. And For a second yeah, film, that is that, that's something else. It is. It is. It's amazing, isn't it? And I couldn't agree with you both about the, the jungle set. And it, yeah, a few people have said, and it's definitely true for this, it is like a character 
in the film. You know, you, you it's unsettling throughout, even before the Predators heavily in the film, it's unsettling anyway. And, you know, they sell it really well by the soldiers themselves being unsettled. And, you know, I think it's Blaine at one stage met, mentions how, what is it, it, it makes Cambodia look like Kansas, the bush. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, and and that sells it even more. Then that it, you've got these hardened troops, you know, elite soldiers, and even they're sort of struggling with it. And I think, like you both said, you sort of, and I still do this now. Near enough, because obviously I know it's a predator film. Near enough, every scene in the jungle, I'm thinking, is that the predator there in the background? Is you know, it's probably yeah. not <laughs> half the time or most of the time, but it makes you. You know, it, it makes you paranoid and it would make you paranoid if you were there. So I think it's it's a really great setting for the film. I think it actually makes it almost more of a horror film, doesn't it? And that was yeah, yeah. It yeah. goes like yeah, an yeah. action or a sci-fi film. It's like the first quarter of the film's a, an action film, just standard action film. And then the last three quarters, the way they build tension and yeah. the suspense in the jungle with, you know, it goes dark and you see them all getting a bit bit twitchy. And I think, yeah. you know, the lines yeah. to, to Sonny about, you know, he's, you know, he's a bit squirrely or something today and what have you then. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost more of a horror yeah. film in that respect. Yeah, it's a great point that it is. It it it's got that that horror and that tension building throughout it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It it it's it's a nice mixture between different types of films, isn't it? What the film does well is because of the title of the film, and you know there's an alien in it because of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so the audience knows that there's a there's an alien, and you can you can see it from when they start showing the infrared shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're sort of gripped. So I all stages of the film you, 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 there's not a moment's peace for the audience because they're in the jungle and you know there's an alien alien out there and you also know that because of the infrared scenes the alien is actually amongst them yeah. so you know some horror films you, you know nothing's going to happen for a while so you can sort of relax okay. but in this film I was on the edge of my seat sort of the whole way the whole way the whole way through yeah so no, that- yeah and, and and that's really well done by the director to get you feeling that way, you know, particularly so much of it's shot in daylight. But as you say, it's still yeah. got that ominous, you know, fear, you know, throughout the film because the jungle setting and the way it's shot and obviously the the, pred, the little bits of the predator, it's vision and things like that. So no, great point there. Now going to discuss yeah. some of the key scenes in the film. Essentially, the first one I'm going to look at, I suppose, is the incursion via the helicopter. I'm going to go to you first, please, Ben, on that one here. What were your thoughts on that part? I think the character that's developed the most, or you see the most of during that scene, is uh, Jesse Ventura's brain, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, he gets some great lines in the film. He gets some great lines on the ca- You know, this that's stuff will it. make you a sexual tyrannosaurus like me or something, <laughs> he says, doesn't he? Yeah, he's full of himself, isn't he? I don't actually think he's acting in the film, is he? I think that's just he's playing himself. <laughs> I think you're probably right there, yeah. That, he's just being him, isn't he? And the other bit they establish as well is when uh, Dylan is talking about... I think he mentions Vietnam, doesn't he? he does he show a medal or he shows something? He shows a lighter, I think, that he, yeah. he, him and Dutch got or something. Which establishes, you know, where they knew each other, sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, Trying to establish his credentials, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he, you're right, he's trying to, you're both right there, he's trying to establish his credentials, but it shows you how, obviously, he's clearly a hard man with this history, but they just have none of it, particular, in particular, Blaine, he just, well, he, he just spits on his, on his boots, doesn't he? He just totally insults him, you know what I mean? So it clearly establishes how much of an outsider he is, doesn't it? What about yourself, Joseph? What's your thoughts on that scene? Um, watching it back, right, I thought was key is that the two guys that get killed first, Hawkins mm-hmm. and Blaine, 
they tried the, I think the director tries to develop those characters during that incursion. Mm-hmm. So you've got Hawkins with the with with the pussy jokes yeah. <laughs> to Billy, <laughs> and and then you've got the Blaine scene that we were just speaking about. So I think it's a clever way of of sort of expanding on their character a bit so you know the audience sort of gets a bit closer to them and is more affected by their their deaths because they get killed pretty early in the film so that was the main takeaway sort of watching it back but yeah as you were saying about about dylan character trying to establish his credentials and it just being clear that he's the outsider you know he's cia boy now and you know this is a team that that you know that does things their way they don't have any outsiders um getting involved in their mission so they make it clear to him that you know (laughs) <laughs> he is the outsider so I, I thought that was i thought that was brilliant yeah i agree i think it's a it's a really good way in in a in a relatively short scene of establishing all the main players and giving them all something to do to some extent and you know you sort of have a little bit of an idea about most of them and that's a great point about you know in particular the the two guys who die first you know it really sets them up uh, just as a bit of trivia for i know some people who listen like like the trivia bits the guy playing um, Hawkins, uh, I know you'll both know, being massive fans, he's uh, the guy who scripted, Shane Black, who scripted Lethal Weapon. And I like the fact that, so this film is sort of a key sort of thing in 80s film, particularly action. So you've got the director who went on to direct Die Hard and the screenwriter who who, who penned uh, Lethal Weapon. So it's it's quite a cool thing, that in one film. And obviously Arnie... Yeah, but sorry, sorry, he was brought in, wasn't he, as well, to rewrite the script? Yeah, but then when he was brought in, he refused to rewrite the script, didn't he? When he was brought in as an actor, did, did, did he do that because he he thought it was good enough already? I take it, or just I'm didn't not want sure. To get I'm not sure. He, he was just he was. That's what they wanted him for because he was like this golden boy, you know, script writing. He, cause he, mm-hmm. he wrote Lethal Weapon. He, he wrote Lethal Weapon by the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he had. I think he wrote it and he knew it was a hot property, so it was like him nice to have him on board. Yeah, yeah, and he, he refused so many times until he eventually gave him a role in the film, and then he said, "Well, now will you rewrite it?" And he he just refused to. I don't know whether <laughs> I think they got someone else to rewrite it in the end. It was rewritten. I see, I see. And he's well, supposed to be right. It's supposed to be doing a reboot, aren't he? Oh, I don't know. Be, he's supposed to be writing it. I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that. I would like to see that. I would like to see that, particularly with him. In, but I, well, I, I'm sort of something like that. You? It's hard to say. I mean, I always, I always like it because it's a bit more of that world. But then I'm normally disappointed, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask on that, really. But I would like to see it, but I'd probably expect it to be bad. So yeah, I think you're right there. I think that's probably the the outcome would probably be negative. Like now going to look at the scene with where they find the down helicopter and then onto where they find the, the skinned alive bodies. What about this scene, Joseph? Well, it's the first sort of inkling that they get that the mission is bullshit. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, Poncho, he's the one who reports back to Dutch, isn't it? After, after seeing the helicopter and, and yeah. gives him some, some information that, you know, you just knew that something wasn't right here. You know, what they've been told why they're there wasn't the reason. And then, um, I think Billy gave him some more information about the sort of tracks that he picked up, American soldiers. So the more and more information that they were getting from that from that scene was that there, there was already a, a, um, American soldiers that were sent there, and to do something, and it wasn't it wasn't sort of it wasn't matching up with this the story that we're told by Dylan and the general. So it, it was starting to be a bit fishy <laughs> from yeah. from there. 
And when they saw the body skinned alive, I think that just took it to another level as well. And as the audience, you, you because you know it's a predator movie, you know there's an alien in it. So when you see when you see that, then, you, then you're like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> something's going to kick off now. Yeah. And uh, what what about yourself, Ben? What were your thoughts on 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 that scene? The film I want to see, or the prequel I want to see, is the Jim Hopper story. <laughs> <laughs> because Arnie, uh, his character Dutch respects him that much. You know what he. They say, you know, I can't believe that he walks into an ambush. And Billy says, you know, he, he didn't. Because he absolutely holds this fellow in high esteem. So yeah, I want to see the, the Jim Hopper story. Yeah. At the moment, he realises, hang on, what are we doing with here? That, you know, these Mount Rebels managed to kill this Green Beret. You know, what, 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 what was he doing here? How did he, how did he manage to kill him? Yeah, no, that's that, that, Yeah, couldn't agree more. It, it sells everything, doesn't it? It's like, you know, a Dutch, as you say, is almost in awe of these soldiers or at least has highest respect for them. And they've clearly been wiped out, you know, convincingly. Three of them have been skinned alive. Three of them have gone missing with no track that can be found. And it instantly, as well as, as Joseph says, as well as the suspicions that they've already got that what, what they're involved in isn't what it was meant to be. You've then got this new thing of whatever we are dealing with, as you said, Ben, is big and it's scary because if it can do that to Jim Hopper's men, then it's a real threat to anyone. So it really sets up the whole of the film, as you say. I suppose the next thing to discuss is the rebel camp scene. And I'll go to you on this one, Ben. Obviously, this is the, the next point of the film, really. What were your thoughts on this scene? As we mentioned earlier on, that you know, when Arnie improvises and he just finds <laughs> a truck that's working, is it, is it a power generator or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And he lifts it up and the whole team are looking at him to think, what the hell is this fellow doing? He's not told any of them he's going to do it. But he just does it, and he just go with it, don't he? And I think yes. the scene's trying to establish as well that this group, the you know Arnie, his character Dutchie put together, you know, are the best of the best. And, yeah. and when they do finally storm it, and Dylan says, "We've been trying to find this place." In a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Infiltrate this place for so many months and you know, they've, they've got Arnie's team and he's managed to do it, hasn't he? You know, it feels like, yeah. you know, in minutes in the film. Uh, so yeah. I think they're trying to establish that. Uh, there's also a good little cameo from Arnie's mate, Sven. Uh, Sven, <laughs> do you see him as the, the yeah. fellow who executes the prisoner? Towards, I think he's in almost every film Arnie's made, and it's particularly like in the 80s. 
he was in their gladiators as well, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, brilliant that, that he, he looks after his mates and gives him jobs on all his films. Quality. What about yourself, uh, Joseph? Uh, what are your thoughts on that scene? The first thing I thought is that this this is the first scene where they actually get themselves in the shit. <laughs> and I say that because it's where they impress the Predator. So I don't know if you remember, but it's the first infrared scene is where they are, I think, in and amongst um, the rebel camp. And so, I mean, the, the mission goes so flawlessly. They kill off everyone. And with all the, all the hostages are already killed by the time they get there. But they wipe out the entire um, sort of rebel um, camp and none of them have got a scratch on them. And so I just got the impression that when the predator saw that, it was like, okay, these guys are serious. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy picking these off one by one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where they got themselves in a bit of trouble. <laughs> what I like as well. Uh, Ben's right about the. Um, I was just gonna say, but you, you were right about the, um, the, the Arnold scene. I think that's because back in, in, in that sort of era, there's always a scene in the film where Schwarzenegger's got to show off some strength. <laughs> I've got to show off some muscle, or he's got to show some superhuman strength. There's always a part in the movie, and this this is the part in that where it, <laughs> it, it picks up the truck, and everyone was wondering what the hell he's doing, as as we uh, sort of mentioned earlier. And it's a um, with the log, and, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then lets it roll down the, the roll down the hill with a bomb inside it, and then I think after that, that that's when Dylan says it's showtime, and they will start firing off their guns and complete the mission. But no, that 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 scene that scene is really good, um, and as I said, it it sort of involves the first infrared scene, the first time we actually get to see this elite. Um, special forces group that's supposed to be the best of the best. The first time we actually see them in action, and 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 yeah, it's just it's it, it's it's really polished. Um, especially when you watch it when you watch it back and you're sort of looking at it in in, in really in, in detail. Um, like, that's a really really top scene. Yeah, what I like agree. as well is um, that line earlier on. I think they repeat it again at the rebel camp about you know they're not assassins, they're a rescue team. Yeah, <laughs> they're trying to like. I don't know if it's trying to establish that, you know, Arnie and his, his mates are, you know, they have all like, these models, these high standards, but these wipe out an entire camp of people without, you know, <laughs> without, you know, without batting an eyelid. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah, a great point. I want know that they're good guys. That, that That's another thing that comes across uh, with Dutch's character that I think he's trying to come across as compassionate and that they are, yeah, as you say, they're a rescue team. They're not assassins. They're not here to kill. They're here to rescue. Trying to portray that good guy image, isn't it? And yeah. uh, I can't believe I, I forgot to mention, but when he, you know, when he throws the knife into the guy and he says, yeah. stick around. <laughs> that part always <laughs> makes me laugh. Oh, brilliant. That always makes me laugh. There's always the, those one-liners that sort of break oh. the tension and give you a bit of humor um, in a Schwarzenegger film. Uh, the stick around bit. And there's another bit when he says, um, knock, knock. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> then he kills another guy. Yeah. 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 Hilarious. Yeah. Brilliant, Arnie Zingers. Just as you say, break the tension <laughs> on this big action scene, and the uh, you know great points he's both made there. As you say, it, it's a great way of showing the team's skills and abilities. Everyone gets to do something. You see how elite these guys are. You see, uh, uh, as Ben said, Dutch's intelligence and his ability to improvise. You know. He's not, he's not all muscle, as we said earlier on. He, he, he came up with a great plan on, on the hoof to use the car and, you know, the truck, should I say, to, to deliver that bomb. And obviously it worked really well. And I think, um, that was another great point as well about, uh, as you said, Joseph, I don't, I'd never really thought about it in that way. You're right. This showcase of how good they are to the predator. It's like saying, you know, these are the big game you want to hunt. These are, you know, if you want excitement, these are who you want to go after because these are the best exactly. of the best. 
yeah and exactly. it and it also yeah it also sells them as well because then it's like as later on they're getting picked off one by one you've seen how good they are you've seen the 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 best the elite elite troops they've just gone through these gorillas like nothing and then they're having the same thing happen to them later on so it, it sets it all up perfectly i think now i'm going to look at a essentially Anna's escape and the Predator's first attack, killing Hawkins and then Blaine. What did you think of that, Joseph? Well, you, you knew after after that scene, you knew that he was going to get some Predator action scene. It's just he, he just trying to work out and brace yourself as to when mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And um, I think I think um, they did it really well in that they, they sort of mixed up the, that, the Anna escape scene and mm-hmm. as as she's being chased, you're not really expecting an, a, a predator attack then. Yeah. And so I, re- I, re- I reckon it comes in at a really good time. So it, it really shocks you. And then mm-hmm. sort of they sort of take it from there. And she's petrified. <laughs> Absolutely petrified. That's another sort of key key moment. And another, one thing that makes me laugh is when Dylan runs over. Because, you know, throughout the film, Dylan's the cynical and <laughs> the one that's in the most denial. He runs over. Dutch runs over as well and he's like, this isn't her blood on her face. And Dylan asks, what did you do to him? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did you do to him? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. Classic. Oh no, that 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 is brilliant. That. What, what about yourself, Ben? Yeah, it's a good scene. The only point I've got about it really, well, like one of the few scenes in the film I think I like, you know, like when she... Does she hit him in the face with a tray or something? Is it? Is yeah, it a little log, I think. Yeah. Is it Hawkins or is it Poncho? She she hits the Poncho. It's Poncho. Poncho, and you think they just established that you know this team, are like you know the elite, you know elite military yeah. group and the rest of it. But then one of them gets overpowered by by a, you know a five stone woman with a with a branch. Yeah, that's the only thing that bothers me about that scene. But it's, it is a good scene. Basically, I'll always defend it, even when I. I... Probably well. There's one bit later on that I won't defend it on, but uh, uh, what I'd say there, but it's a great point you made. I think why that was allowed to happen was because Billy was unsettled, and I think it was so shocking to them how unsettled Billy was that they were more distracted than they would be at any other time because yeah, he's not normally like that. So yeah. that's the only way I'd defend it there. But I, I still think you're right overall. I, I don't. Yeah, I think they're that good that even if he was unsettled. He, she wouldn't have had the chance to do that, so no, uh, that's, that's a, a good point. There. there is a bit that you can't defend, though, and it's 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 her first attempted escape where she throws some leaves into Dylan's face, yeah, <laughs> and he is wiping the leaves out of his eyes for a good ten seconds, like it's as if yeah. someone like gave him a, a two-handed combination, like Tyson gave him <laughs> a two-handed combination. He he reacts so late. Um, in, in to start running her down, and then and and then they, they actually catch her. It, it's funny when you watch it back, just just to see that scene. <laughs> but it, no. it's absolute nit, it's absolute nitpicking on my part, though. But it just it just made me laugh sort of watching that back recently. Yeah. Um, but you need you need bits like that because you need to knit scenes together, don't you? True. And true. Um, you know, so yeah, we're just nitpicking and having a laugh. But yeah, it, it's that that bit is funny. Yeah, I think the other thing I like about this scene is uh, it again showcases how. Dutch is, is so clever, you know, he wakes out that the radio and weapons are still there and that she hadn't escaped. And obviously if it was gorillas who'd done it, she would have escaped. So it again shows how intelligent he is and, and open-minded to whatever possibilities it could be, you know, and obviously then as well at the end of it, you know, 
Mac gets on the uh, minigun and and you know they have this massive firefight and he you know he he injures it which is a good bit and obviously uh, it, that line that I think every every fan of this loves you know if it bleeds we we can kill it obviously I know that comes <laughs> later on but it's great that you know that that face because watching the film you you are thinking like we discussed before the predator's so formidable you're thinking they've got no chance. And then that's the first glimmer of hope that they might be able to defeat this this enemy, really. I'm just going to look now at, um, essentially, after this, they make camp. And essentially, it re- eventually results in the Predator taking Blaine's body. I'll start with you on this, please, Ben. What were your thoughts on this scene? Well, I love that, that little section of the film because it, the pace really slows, doesn't it? And the, yeah. the, you know, the building, the characters, and there's, there's loads of great scenes, loads of great lines in that part because... You can't just have it, you know, it's just not an all-out action film, is it? This is where, again, it's more like a horror film that yeah. they're encamped and you wait for what happens next. And, you know, the, the, the wild boar springs the, the trap, doesn't it? And, mm-hmm. you know, you get like the false alarms you get with a horror film as well. I, I love like, as the scene where Billy is looking, uh, as you look at the trees and someone says, you know, what's wrong? He says he's scared and you're, you know, you're not scared of any man. And he goes, there's something out there and, you know, it's not a man and it's hunting us or something like this. Yeah. And you got uh, Mac, and you he's going on about carving, carving his name, him, name him when you know, he's talking to the moon. And mm-hmm. uh, there's loads of great little scenes out there in, in that session. Yeah, yeah could, couldn't agree more. So many great moments, as you say. That one with Billy, you know, again really sells sells it. Billy, this guy who's so almost has a sixth sense and is clearly as hard as nails and brave to go with it. If he's scared, then. They're all scared, and obviously, uh, as viewers, you you have that same fear to some extent. And as you say, the bits with Mark, I think, are really good because it, it, you know, I think there's a bit where Dutch says about Blaine, he was a good soldier. Mark shoots back by saying he was my friend, and you know, for all that it is an action film, I thought them bits were because I think uh, the the people I forgot who it is playing. I forgot his name now. The guy playing Mark, but. He, he plays it so well that it's really Bill sad. Duke. That's it, Bill Duke. It, it, it's so sad, you know. And you know, and you 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 can see you do obviously earlier on you'd seen them bonding scenes between them, and it's really believable how cut up he is about his friend. And I think he he puts his flask in the body bag and says goodbye. And I think that it's really powerful for for an action film. What about yourself, Joseph? Going back to the sh- the shootout scene, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> ever 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 scenes it's that shooting scene is probably along with heat um the the, the film the film heat with um, pacino and De Niro. Do you know when they, the the bank robbery goes wrong and they're shooting with oh, police force seems like about half an hour yeah. that shooting scene and the shooting scene in predator is my favorite ever shootout scenes it's absolutely fantastic and i remember sort of i'm going off track a bit but i remember when i bought when i bought my when i bought my blu-ray machine and my first blu-ray was predator and um, I got my dad around my flat to sort of show off my my new surround sound speakers. And the first thing I did was put that scene on and turn up my stereo with all the surround sound speakers. Brilliant. And I'm telling you, that's, that scene is epic. Absolutely oh. epic. Yeah. It is yeah. my favourite. And what I really like about it is that, I mean, Mac, his, his friend gets killed and he's just, he, he's just off on one. He goes crazy. He drops his gun. He picks up the minigun. <laughs> the, the, I don't know why it's called a minigun because the biggest gun you've ever seen. <laughs> and then he just starts spraying, and I think that's that's when he, he took their first draw blood from the predator. And then 
what I love about that scene is that all the others they just they run after him and they just all start you know letting off their their, their weapons. There's there's no talking at all. It's just sort of all brother in arms sort of thing. All back in Mac, they're all sort of reloading, shooting, reloading, shooting, and that scene goes on for about three or four minutes. And it's just the way that scene is directed is fantastic. It goes into slow motion. Everyone's sort of run out of ammo, um, and Mac is still got his finger on the trigger. So it's spinning, the cylinder's spinning, the bullets are long run out, but he's still, he's still sort of in shock and still shooting, even though no bullets are coming out. And it's when Poncho sort of searches around the area for a bit and comes back and tells them that they hit nothing. The realisation then hits everyone that, you know, what they're dealing with here is, is something, you know, that's not of, of this world. So I think that scene really does sort of stand out to me. I, I, I love that scene. And then sort of forwarding it onto what you guys were just talking about with regards to sort of Mac and, um, you know, it shows sort of the friendship that he had with, with Blaine. And the film, it's one of the it's one of the rare parts, one of the few parts, sorry, of, of the film that sort of slows down and gives you a breather. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need a breather after that shoot shootout scene. But yeah. I've, I've, I read, I really liked, I really liked that. And then after that, you've got the, um, the, I think the fake explosion from the predator. I think he shoots, I think he shoots off a couple of rounds of, of his, his plasma weapon and purposely luring them out so he can then go and get Blaine's body. And then the realization when they get back that Blaine's body is, is gone, that, you know, that this, this predator is killing them off one by one in and amongst them and he can just, he can just pretty much do it. He wants. And that's when they decide to, you know, to forget sort of running and try and set a trap for him. And I think that's, we were talking about Dutch's intelligence. I think that's when they realize that the predator is using the trees and then they start setting up traps in the trees. And I thought that that, that scene where they're actually setting the booby traps is fantastic, especially the part where Dylan says to him, you really think this Boy Scout shit's going to work, don't you? Yeah. And I think Dutch, Dutch responds with saying, you know, why don't you stop complaining and, and help? And then cut scene, Dylan's got his top off and they're all <laughs> they're all dragging this big tree down to trying to set up this this um this trap this elaborate trap for the predator. It's been fantastic, brilliant. Yeah. No, couldn't couldn't agree more. And I think I don't know about you guys. Uh, I'll come to Ben next on this one because I think you've touched on it there, Joseph. But I, I, I love that. Uh, you know, there must be something about certain action films. I love the sort of once Dutch has used his intelligence and came up with this great strategy of booby trapping the trees and leaving this gap, I love how they're doing what, as he says, the Boy Scout shit, all doing it together. And it's like, it's building to something. It's like, it's, it's another part of the film where you start to think, these have got a chance here, you know, the, these are intelligent guys and, you know, they're so strong and, and they, they know how to improvise. And I, I really enjoyed that scene. What about yourself, Ben? Yeah, it's almost like a war film in that respect, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I know they wanted the film to be more like a dirty dozen film, didn't they? I think yeah. initially was it was it just hunting one man or something like that? Like in the yeah, script, yeah. and then they changed it so it was a group. That's what they had in mind, something like the Good dirty point. dozen. Like you know, they wanted camaraderie, and they wanted they wanted the group. They thought it'd make it more interesting like that. And it, mm-hmm. even though, as I mentioned before, the pace slows, it never feels slow, does it? No. You know, it's, it, that whole camp scene. Is a crucial for the whole development of the film. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a great point. That about how uh, it, it doesn't feel slow at all. It's giving the audience a breather. It's uh, as you say, allowing you to get to know these characters. And uh, I think it's like anything else as well. It, it 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 what comes after it then is much more enjoyable because you've had that change of pace. And I think you know it's you know it it really 
deepens the film really i suppose having that part what about uh, the actual you know the the bit where arnie comes out and acts as bait i think that with us saying oh it was a horror i think that's a real good shock because i don't know about you guys the first time i saw that you you don't think they're gonna catch it then or i didn't once he turns around to come back i thought the moment had gone and then all hell breaks loose what what, what were your thoughts on that joseph that was fantastic because um, there's a quip that Dylan makes and he's they're waiting for ages and ages and ages. And what we haven't sort of spoken about yet is the music in the film because I oh, think this brilliant. music is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And um, so they're setting up this trap and it's going through the music and what have you. And they've, once they've sort of finished setting all the traps, it goes absolutely silent, all right? And it sort of does close-up scenes of everyone sort of sitting there well tense <laughs> sweating and waiting mm-hmm. and then after what seems like forever Dylan says to Dutch so what are you going to try next cheese <laughs> um, <laughs> and it actually gives Dutch an idea that what they need is bait <laughs> so he uses himself as bait he goes out there and he's got this huge gun and he's just stood there in the open and it, again it goes deathly silent and then all of a sudden <laughs> he turns to go back and then you know the predator actually gets caught in the net doesn't it yeah. And that's when all hell breaks loose and the film sort of takes off in a, in a different direction because the Predator himself, he starts panic firing and that's when they all start getting injured and what have you. The, the, he hits the, the bit of the tree branch that then hits Poncho and busses up Poncho's ribs. So that's him out of action. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Predator is saying to himself, I'm not messing around now. You've had your fun. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. killing. <laughs> and it's sort of the film that sort of goes into another gear, doesn't it, after that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's then, then it's like, you know, I've had me observing. Now it's full on battle after that, isn't it? It's full on battle between these two two parties. What about yourself, Ben? What were your thoughts on on yeah. this part of the film? Exactly what you're saying. And I think it's something funny as well that the way you try and contain like this uh, ultimate deadly hunter in a bit of a net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it just you know it, it just seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? You know, yeah. like you, you actually accept <laughs> Good it. Point. You know, it's, you know, they have to improvise and there's nothing yeah. else can do, but it's just funny they're trying to catch him in, in like a rope net. Yeah, no, no, it's a good point that. I, I suppose, I think, I think that's one of the things again, I suppose, like you touched on earlier. I think that shows how this sort of new threat that they've never dealt with before, although they're, they're reacting really well to it, it's nowhere near good enough in some ways. As you say, how could that hold this predator? And none of the, I think they're all shocked as well. None of them really get off any rounds at it, do they? It's like they're all stunned, as you would be, by this invisible sort of thing that's that's caught in the net and firing off left, right, and centre. You're right, though. How could they hold this seven foot creature that's got so so much advanced weaponry? But yeah, I'd never thought of it like that before. It's quite funny when you put it like that. What about um? Now, obviously, now is where they try to escape as best they can. Obviously, Poncho's pretty much out of action, heavily injured. What are your thoughts on this, essentially, up to Dutch's waterfall escape? Hey, Joseph? Well, this is where, that, as I mentioned before, all, all hell breaks loose, and Mac actually sees it, yeah. and, you know, he's, he's really sort of upset due to Blaine being killed, so it's when he breaks rank, doesn't he? Yeah. And just forgets the mission or, or you know, or, or going back with, with his colleagues. He he wants revenge. So he starts chasing the predator. <laughs> and Dylan all of a sudden um, feels a sense of responsibility as well 
for getting them all in this. And I think it's when he's, he realises actually that they're dealing with something completely different than he thought. So he goes after Mac. And then, yeah, that's when you get the scene where we were spe- speaking about earlier where, where Dylan gets killed. And on the first version I watched on television, you didn't see the arm come off um, with the finger still on the Uzi shooting. And then he gets impelled. We didn't see that bit. Um, and then you've got the close-up of Mac getting killed. I think Mac gets killed before Dylan does, doesn't he? Yeah. That was a bit hard hard to watch because um, the two of them, <laughs> when they meet up, they're, they're discussing the way that they're going to kill this predator. And it's the most basic plan you've ever heard. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, Dylan, <laughs> where Dylan says, right, I'm going to go around that side and you're going to go around that side and you're going to nail him. And they're like, okay, then, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> It, is, it doesn't get very scary. far, does it? That plan, unsurprisingly. It doesn't get far. No. It doesn't get far. And, you know, they they get killed. And then whilst they're getting killed, the, the others can just hear the screams. So it's making them shit themselves even more. Then you get Billy. When Billy hears Dylan scream, he just thinks, forget this. And this is one another one of my favourite scenes from the movie where Dylan is like, you know what, I'm not running anymore. Fuck this. I'm going out on my own terms. And he drops it with his, his gear, takes off his vest, gets the knife out, scratches his chest with the knife. <laughs> and he's, he's going to be he's meeting the, the predator head on now. <laughs> yeah. It, and then you roll on and then it, 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 it doesn't show Billy get killed, but you hear his scream. And then when Dutch hears the scream, he turns around and he's like, oh shit, another one gone. And he's he's actually petrified at this point. The bit that stood out to me, and I didn't notice this before, sort of first few times watching it, was when, yeah, Dutch is helping Poncho escape and sort of the predator emerges and they know he's close. And the actual, the, the gun in, in, in Dutch's hand is shaking. He's he's so petrified. And I've never, se- I don't think I've ever seen a Schwarzenegger action film where his character is actually scared. And I think that that really, that was sort of just adding to the sort of the, the gripping nature of the film because you're sort of the hardest man in the film and Schwarzenegger himself, who his character is never scared in any other film you've seen him, is bricking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I just thought that was, that was sort of really significant. Um, and then not too long after that, I think that's when Poncho gets shot. He's gone. Anna tries to pick up. Um, the gun Poncho was holding, Dutch kicks it out of her hand and says, he said no, and, th- and then he, he tries to shoot the predator. The predator shoots him, he collapses, and then he tells Anna to run for the chopper. And then that's mm-hmm. when you get the scene where he's literally crawling, crawling for his life. And you get the slip and then it, and then to a waterfall. And what I found significant about that scene is that he's... He, it takes it takes a while for him to actually slip, land in a waterfall, and then swim to safety, or what he thinks is safety, and and then he's on the he's on the sort of the the bank in the mud, and then you think you're going to get an, a breather, but you don't. The predator actually jumps in the water after him. Yeah. <laughs> so after all that, he gets chased all the way down into the actual beachfront, and then you get you, you then get the scene after that. Well, I just that whole that that whole bit was is, is just epic, really. I, I I love that part of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic, isn't it? And as you say, it's great how he's like. I think when he shoots at the predator, he's trying to buy Anna time. As you say, he tells her, you know, to leave the weapon because that's why he didn't 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 kill her previously, and he's trying to buy her time. And I think that's really good. It shows, you know, obviously how how, how heroic and brave he is. Yeah, what about yourself, Ben? What's what were your thoughts around this whole sequence? I like the, uh, the sequence with Mac and 
Carl Weathers, where you see the, the laser, the, like the infrared sort of sight, the triangle, yeah. focus in. I think that's brilliant, isn't it? You know, yeah. it just gives you that one or two seconds where the, the character knows basically, you know, my time's up. You know, yeah. I've got like an infrared sight on me. I think that's <laughs> brilliant. That's a brilliant visual in the film. And I also like the, you know, Dylan, there's a little bit of redemption for his character, isn't there? You know, Great the way, point. you know, he's, he's been like the, the wrong one in the group, hasn't he? And he yeah. just tried to redeem himself a little bit. And obviously, as Joseph mentioned about, about Anna, you know, that, that's a, that's a key one that he's, you know, he's trying to enforce that, you know, uh, because she's not armed, you know, that, that's, that's her way to, to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it shows again his intelligence, doesn't it? That he's worked that out. And then obviously, like uh, Joseph touched on before, when, when he, when he get when he falls down into the water, and he gets to the edge. He, he he sort of thinks he's safe at least for the time being. And I think as a viewer, you probably do as well. And then the next minute, there's that splash, and you know the predators there, and Arnie gets set and hides essentially as best as he can in the logs and and all the stuff on 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 the edge of the water, on the edge of the bank. And then obviously works out that it couldn't see him because of the mud. And then that leads me to my favourite part of the film. I would say Dutch preparing his fight back. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this part of the film, Ben? Yeah, I was just going to say about the waterfall as well. Apparently, Arnie did um, one of the jumps himself. He, he did one of his own stunts, didn't wow. he? And I think a stuntman did four or five other shots because he needed so many shots of yeah. of him entering. And the, the stuntman actually broke his leg doing, doing one of the shots. So but the, the scene you were talking about, sorry, to go back to that, when he's covered the mud, it's brilliant. Because again, you know, it, it shows Arnie's like, realisation that that's they found his weakness now, haven't he? This, yeah. you know, this is how he's going to kill him. If he's going to kill him, sure. it's going sure. to be by by disguising himself, by disguising his, his heat signature. Great, great points. It's like it, again, I know I'm banging on about it, but his intelligence and his practicality. He now realizes he's got something to work with, and it sort of it turns the tables, doesn't he? Because obviously, it's always been the predator camouflage, but now it's it's Dutch camouflage, and it allows him to. You know, fight back himself with with that that he's now got an advantage in it in his own army. What about yourself, Joseph? Yeah, I love that scene. Um, it's when he when the <laughs> when the, you get the splash behind him and you and he's <laughs> like, oh bloody, oh not again. And so calls to safety. He's covered in mud and he's hiding hiding in the logs, as you say. And he he goes for his gun, but he's he doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he's really just got to hide because there's nothing else he can do. And as you say, that's when the, the tables are turned, isn't it? Because when the predator gets out of the water, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think the water has, has damaged his camouflage. Yeah, and so yeah, I think you're right. The camouflage comes off, and it's the first time you actually see the predator full head to toe with no camouflage. And Dutch actually sees what he's dealing with, like for real. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the point where I think there's a rat running around somewhere, and the predator picks it up in his infrared and he shoots it. Um, like right near the way Dutch is standing because some of the sparks hit him um, but he just remains remains in the logs and then at the end of that scene as the predator's running off he says to himself he, he, he couldn't see me and um, what, what, I, what I like about that film about the film in general is that the audience is always informed so you know that it can't see him because he's he's got his infrared mm-hmm. and you as a viewer is seeing it through infrared and he can't see him so you know as the audience that you can't he can't see he can't see Dutch and Dutch works it out for himself. So it's yeah. nice when the audience are informed and your your main character in the film works things out quickly as well. 
True. Sometimes you get films where the audience know and the, <laughs> the, the actual people in the film take so long to work things out and you're like, bloody hell, just work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with this, you're not like that. They work things out really quickly. They, that, that intelligence is there and it just, you know, they, they're, they're very practical and they work things out so, so quickly and easily. And then, you know, once the predator then runs off, then you actually do get a breather. You know, mm-hmm. so you think you're going to get a breather, then you get the splash scene and then you actually get you, you get you get a real breather after that. I mean, that's when it goes into prep prep mode um, for the final showdown, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I don't know about yourself, Joseph. I, I absolutely love that. It's more of that Boy Scout stuff. He's he's making do with what, you know, essentially what what he's got left, you know, the minimal yeah. things he's got left and also the forest itself to to build weapons i just really enjoy that what about yourself love it loved it i mean he's got <laughs> he, he he's got his um he's i mean he's got a few things on him he's got like gunpowder and he's using that rolling them up in leaves and and creating bombs he's making a bow and arrow and and all these sorts of weapons that he's making from like raw materials um because he knows that this it doesn't make sense trying to run there's no guarantee that any choppers come in so he knows he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to deal with it so yeah, I just like, as you say, the Boy Scout thing, but this time he's on his own. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's it, it's fantastic. And at the same time, you've got the, the Predator who is sort of dusting off his trophies. Um, he's got this, he's got the scores of all, all the crew. Um, I think he, he discards of, I think it's, is it Billy's? I think he discards of the spinal cord and he's got the skulls and you've got, you, you can tell what one's Mac because it's got a big hole in, in, in the skull. <laughs> and um, so he's preparing his trophies. And Dutch is, is sort of preparing his booby traps and his weapons and what have you. And then again, I spoke about the music before, but I think it was fantastic that you've got the music playing while the, the two of them are sort of preparing in their own way. And they sort of split scenes. So they will show a Dutch doing his thing and then the Predator yeah. doing his thing. And then they sort of flip scenes like that until you get the war cry when, you know, Dutch is ready now for action. And, you know, he lights his, his, his torch and he, he does the war cry. Um, the predator then sort of does the infrared on one of his weapons, and you see it glowing red. So he's really ready for, to fight as well. And then it goes it goes into the last sequence. It's fantastic. Yeah, that that's a great point with the war cry. I think the whole thing it, it links into the whole thing. It's like he's going back to nature almost. He's becoming more, you know, more animalistic. I suppose he's becoming more like the predator, which although it's futuristic. It, it, in a lot of respects, it, it's almost like an animal. It, you know the way the way it gets about, and the way you know the you know the way it uses camouflage and things like that. And then obviously the war cry is is a, you know obviously Dutch, essentially almost roaring like an animal. I suppose. Um, what about yourself, Ben? What are your thoughts on this whole you know Dutch prepping scene? Yeah, I love it. It's it's his eighteen moment, isn't it? You know, he yeah. goes a bit Rambo like. Yeah, I think you I mean you've point. covered everything there. Brilliant. I love the music over the top. I love the way that the building sort this final uh, you know, ultimate battle, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and and as you say, it's like you you're seeing now glimpses of how although he's still outgunned, he's now the table the balance is a little bit more it's obviously it's still still heavily in favour of the predator, but he's actually, uh, actually got an advantage of his own now and he's he, he may well have the element of surprise because now he's making the predator 
come to him rather than just being the predator following them all the way and knowing exactly what they're up to. Gonna look now at obviously the, the culmination of this with the final battle. I'll start with yourself, please, Ben. What were your thoughts on this this final battle? Well, I love it when it, it actually gets to the scene when it, it goes to hand to hand combat. The, yeah. you know, he, the predator finally thinks, you know, he's probably travelled all over the galaxy <laughs> to all these different planets, hunted and killed all these people effortlessly. But he now feels like he's got this, you know, a real adversary, isn't he? You know, where the adversary, yeah. where the rival. Great and then, you know, he strips himself down and they go hand to hand. And then I love that, you know, it, he's obviously getting thrown about, isn't he? Cause he's just <laughs> like seven foot, you know, killing machine, you know, and he's like, you know, giving away about a foot and, you know, God knows how many stones him. So, you know, it, I think it's probably the first time that you, you see Arnie thrown about. I know in a previous podcast talking about Terminator 2, you mentioned yeah. how, you know, the, the T2 was, was throwing him about and it's, yeah. you don't get to see that often, do you? You know, no, a, good point, a larger than life, uh, action character like Arnie being made to look like a ragdoll. True, true. But that, Great. I mean, that's what, that's one of the most annoying things about the sequel that, you know, this thing's thrown Arnie around like a ragdoll, but then Danny Glover's like Greco-Roman wrestling it. <laughs> you know, like this this old cop who's probably going to retire the next day. <laughs> Too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's, like, he's, he's grappling with this, this predator that like, was thrown Arnie around like, he, you know, he was nothing. No, the, the, you're right. The, 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 that's a great point. It's another example of where the second one just doesn't compare to the first. And, you know, it is so good to see you know, as strong as Arnie is, it's just a complete mismatch. You know, the as you say, the predator sees him as a wavy adversary to take its mask off and fight him hand to hand. But it's it's clearly once that once his camouflage is gone, you know, he's just totally outmatched, isn't he? What about yourself, Joseph? Well, that scene is I think it's the first time in the in the movie where He's no longer being hunted. As you know, after the war cry, it's like you know, you, you, I, I want you to come to me now. You know, it's no longer me running around being hunted. You know, the, the sort of the shoes on the other foot sort of thing. And it reminded me when I was watching it earlier today. It reminded me of when you know when you're playing a computer game and you get to that the last the last boss, mm-hmm. and who you've never been able to sort of touch before. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you start working him out and you start beating him. And that's the sense I got with Predator, where he starts to work him out, you know, and he was throwing some of his javelin bombs mm-hmm. and some of them were actually hitting him. And yeah. then the, the, the Predator had to resort to panic fire again. Yeah. And but then that, that's it. Things start going horribly wrong when when Dutch falls into the water and the mud comes off of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's when you get to, to the hand to hand combat scene where. You know what Ben was just mentioning, where he's getting absolutely pulverized, isn't he? And just getting yeah. slapped around like a ragdoll, and again he's he's crawling for his life again. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, and uh, and I love that. Obviously, he's then a, a desperate scramble to get to where he's laid this trap, you know, to 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 win this battle. And obviously, now he knows that's the only way he'll win this battle. He, he he's 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 had it otherwise, and he gets there. And, you know, famously, you know. Uh, I almost did an impression then, but I resisted it. He says, you know, come on, come on, kill me. I wanted to follow. And I love that the predator's intelligent enough to work out that it's a trap. You know, why does it, why is he suddenly stopped and he's beckoning me in? And he actually feels the spike, doesn't he? He realizes the spike hanging down is like a, a potential trap. But then equally, I love how Dutch then improvises and uses the log. That that has obviously weighted this trap 
to to kill a predator and i just think that's a perfect end to to the film really you know it showed that both of them were as well as being so strong they're both intelligent and you know able to improvise really i don't know what you guys think of that very very final part yeah i love that final yeah, scene. yeah yeah i love the final I scene where that. he yeah um, you know he, he i think it does you take off the predator's mask or you know he finally sees the predator and he asks yeah him, you know, what the hell are you? And the Predator, obviously, throughout the film, has been mimicking their voices. And he asked the same question back a lot. I mean, the film Brilliant. doesn't do subtle, does it? But no, that's about no. as subtle as it gets, you know. It's that double meaning. You know, is he just repeating back to him or is the Predator wondering, what the hell are you? That You know, yeah. you've managed to, like, defeat me yeah. like this. Yeah. I think it's a great finish. Yeah, no. Dude. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, spot on, that. Sorry, Joseph. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same. Really, I, I, I thought that was, really, I thought that was, um, that was, that was a really good scene. The way you mimic that back at him, like, what, like, what the hell are you? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did this puny human beat me? <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. I think I, I must say that was a final point. I think the predator let himself down on the. He had this code of conduct, and Arnie takes mercy on him because he's clearly dying, and the predator responds by letting off this mini nuke. I think that's poor form. <laughs> you know, if you've lost the fight, just hold your hands up. You know, and that's the yeah, end of it. Don't try and blow up the world or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you you've got to wonder why like Arnie's character as well let him do that. Well, he started messing about with like the, the thing on the side of his arm. Yeah, yeah. He 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 just about managed to jump at the right time as well. But I'm I'm nitpicking there. We all love it. Brilliant film, and I think that's that's probably an opportune moment to end it. I suppose the one last thing I'd like to say is uh, thanks to you both. I had a lot of fun. I've learned a lot about a film I already love. And to, to learn from two people who love it just as much is great. Where can people who've enjoyed listening to you both find more of your work? I'll start with, with you, please, Joseph. Well, you can follow me on Twitter and, and at jcuzzy1 and you can... Uh, See some of my rants about LFC and Brendan <laughs> Rogers and and <laughs> and on 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 the, the the few occasions that I actually write something. I haven't written a blog on this is Anfield for a while now, but well, I'm going to start doing it again soon. Um, I've also written a few sort of uh, pieces on my WordPress page, um, so look out for that because uh, I'll be tweeting um, about that sort of every now and again. And um, and yeah, as, as you know, I'm I'm on a, a few of these uh, podcasts now. So um, so yeah, to, to look out for them, man. Yeah, see. Ya. Thanks, mate. Will do. Um, what about Cheers. you, Ben? Probably best on Twitter. I'm a handle at b underscore thornley. Look forward to reading more of your thoughts on Twitter, mate. Uh, thanks once again to you both for coming on. As I say, I've had a great time. Thanks for everyone who listened. Please. Uh, if you've got any feedback or you want to suggest any potential guests or films to cover in future, please uh, message me on Twitter. But it's Joe Simpson at Wolf underscore Ticket LFC. Thanks again. If it bleeds, we can kill it.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.